one of the words that we were given, it was at the end of one of the evening sessions, you may have clicked into uh, the evening session that Pastor Agu did. So I would just, just as a slight aside, really encourage you, if you weren't there, this is not for just leaders. I would encourage every one of you, if you go on the, the Vineyard UK and Ireland National website, many of the talks will be up there. You can watch them in the comfort of your own home. You could watch them as a small group. Just really encourage you to, to feed on some of this incredible teaching. And I just encourage you as well to, all of them, but this particular talk by Pastor Agu, who leads a, a number, he oversees a number of churches around the UK. Just a man of God. And he spoke about interceding for the nations and it was utterly powerful. I went up, was absolutely ruined in the ministry time, just weeping away as sometimes occurs when the Holy Spirit lands on me. But after that, I sort of had wiped myself clean, mascara everywhere. And this guy from another church, oh, I wasn't supposed to say guy, was I? <laughs> yeah, he came up and went, Jen Rankin, I had a dream about you two months ago. And I was like, should I be getting nervous? <laughs> James was like, where is he? No, <laughs> no it wasn't like that. He just said, I had a dream about you, and he talked about this dream, but then I just said, my goodness me, I have had word after word very similarly over the last literally 24 hours. That is remarkably spot on, and uh, I actually feel a little bit uh, weak at the knees as you have just been sharing that. And he went, well, I just want to pray for you guys. And he just started um, praying and prophesying. Over, I mean, everyone else was at the bar having a drink, and I was still like quivering on the floor, but he just said, God is God. His is moving you into a Joshua season and um, he is going to bring Joshua's and he just went Joshua Joshua I'm just praying Joshua over you to the extent where I was like oh we are about to start a series on Joshua in fact Sunday this Sunday coming is the first glimpse of that series and we've never had a we've had certain talks prophetically confirmed before but never a whole series prophetically confirmed like that so I sort of wanted just to say to you guys Prick up your ears. I feel like God is going to be speaking to us profoundly about this next chapter that he's leading us into. It may not be that there are exceptionally profound talks, but I do feel... <laughs> well, they normally are, but every now and then you do a dud. <laughs> every now and then. we uh... <laughs> Just to let you into a small... Just a small snippet of our, I know we need to get going, but on, normally in our journeys home after Sunday, James turns to me and is like, I'm like, yeah, I, do you know what? I think it was great. I think there's some things to wear. <laughs> Did that well? Maybe. Next time. <laughs> greatest fan and greatest critic in one woman. So anyway, I'm trying to just... <laughs> Raise your expectations. I feel like God is going to speak to us. I feel like we as a community need to be expectant and excited and, and ready to obey all the Lord has got for us. Yeah. What an introduction. I don't, I don't really know how to follow that in any way. But um, do you know what? Just following into um, Ruth and Nathan's steps. I wanted to talk about courage from heaven today. And we're going to be looking at Joshua 1. So if you've got your Bible, that 
that's where we're going to be at. And do you know what? This is like, the, it's like a 10-minute version of a talk. Do you know what I mean? So it's like power and um, short and snappy. But I just think Ruth and Nathan have shown us what courage looks like. Courage to follow the Lord's leading, courage to hear God's voice and respond, courage to press in despite the fears and the what-ifs. Do you know what I mean? It's like whenever you called into something, you're like, what is it going to look like? And you just have this sense why I think that the Lord is saying this. I don't, know what, I, I don't quite know what it's going to look like, but the Lord's calling me to press in. Uh, I don't know anything, but he said step. Sometimes that's what it feels like when the Lord calls. It's like, I've got a step. And I love this quote from Nelson Mandela. He says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Joshua is exhorted in the scriptures, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous for the Lord your God is with you. That's kind of like a pivotal verse in the, in the whole book of Joshua. But underlyingly, the Lord has to say something like that because he's calling you to something significant. He doesn't need to bother if you're not going to do anything for him. But I'm sure, you, you know, just thinking about Joshua, I'm, I'm sure he's terrified when the Lord calls him. And, and he's thinking, why me, Lord? Whenever the Lord calls us, it's like, why me, Lord? Why not somebody else? But I believe that there's a difference between courage from the world and courage from heaven. What, so what's the difference? I think courage from the world focuses its attention on us. It's about achieving our dreams. It's about breaking through our limitations and fears. It's about completing our goals. Do you know what? All of those things are wonderful. And we could hear, you know, you could go into the world and hear brilliant sermons about, um, brilliant talks, sorry, not sermons, but just talks about courage. You know, it's an amazing virtue. It's a wonderful thing to have. It's inspiring when you see it. But it is different to courage from heaven. There's courage, and then there's courage from heaven. Courage from heaven is about pursuing the Lord's purposes. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about his glory. It's about his fame. It's about what he wants to deliver. And can you see how those two things are different? Because sometimes you just like, I need courage to press in, to break these habits, to, to move in. It's like, those things are good. But there's also the things that the Lord's calling us into, the promises where he speaks to us and he whispers to us. And he's like, I want you to press into this. And you're like, I've got no idea what that looks like. I want you to take this job. I want you to, you, you know, you can put so many different examples. I want you to move to this area. And you're sitting there going, I don't know why you're asking me to move there. Am I willing to press into that and go, do you know what, Lord, I'm willing to do that. Uh, Ruth and Nathan were telling me just an amazing story about somebody who's already in Cornwall that has been you know the, the the Lord spoke to them really really clearly I'm not going to give the whole story away but the Lord spoke to them so clearly about moving to Cornwall and they moved and they don't really know why they're in Cornwall and then they've met Ruth and Nathan and suddenly it's like ah oh, that's what so the Lord called them before they knew what they were going to be a part of and, and I think that's often the way that the Lord works. He's like, I want you to step into this. And then he shows us step by step. I always use the picture of faith as being like a spiral staircase. You take the first step because you can't see what's at the top. And the Lord never shows us the whole picture. He just says, step, step, step. And that's what we see in Joshua. I want to pull out just three strands from today, from the passage. And the first one is this, that courage from heaven rests upon a clear assignment from the Lord. Joshua 1 um, one, just 
from the beginning. It just says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. So the background of Joshua, and there's an amazing chapter in Deuteronomy 34, which is, I haven't got time to go into today, but it just talks about Moses, the death of Moses, and this moment where he anoints and passes, he prays for Joshua. It's this, this kind of moment of impartation. And, and you can imagine what Joshua's feeling. He's like, oh my goodness, I've been following. Moses was so revered. He was this amazing man of God. And then suddenly, but Moses was never going to enter the promised land. The Lord said, Moses, you're not going to go into the promised land. You're going to take them to the promised land. So we have this picture of them looking over the promised land. And there's um, actually... Chapter 34 is about, he's up on a mountain looking over the promised land. And then, Joshua, and then Moses dies and it's like, Joshua, now's your moment. You need to go and inherit the land. You need to go and press in. This is what I've been doing. They've come out of Egypt. They've had all the plagues. They've been wandering round and round and round in the desert for 40 years. And they get to this point where it's like, it's time. Joshua, this is your moment. And Joshua... I can imagine was terrified. So the Lord is giving him and saying, be strong and courageous for a great reason. It's not for no reason. This is what I called you to. You're going to have to step into this. You're going to have to stand. And they were ready to cross the River Jordan, knowing that they were going to go in to possess the land and it wasn't going to be easy. They were going to have battle after battle after battle. Moving in, verse three, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. The important thing about, he's saying when, as I promised Moses, it's like, this is a continuation of what Moses has done. I was with Moses, my anointing's passed on to you. You are the man to lead these people. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. Joshua's got a clear assignment from the Lord. Most, do you know what? Most of the time, our assignment from the Lord is really simple. I spend a lot of time with a lot of people that are completely confused about what it is that the Lord's calling them to. Do you know what? It's really simple. It's love God, love others, and make disciples. The truth is we're called to a generic calling, most of us. They're principles, they're the values through, through which wherever we are, whatever situation we've found ourselves in, we're called to these things. Love God, love others, make disciples. So if you're sitting there going, I don't know what the Lord's called me to, he's called you to that wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Now, beyond that, there are times when the Lord specifically asks you to press into something. He gives you direction. It's like, I want you to speak to this person. I want you to take this job. I want you to move to this place. But most of the time, 95% of the time, it's just, these are the parameters of what the Lord's called us to. So when, whenever somebody's like, well, what's the Lord called you to? You are called to thrive in the environment that you're in doing those things. If the Lord wants to make it clear that he's got something else for you and clear assignment and that he's asking you to step into courage for something, he will. He will make it really clear and he will ask you to step in as Ruth and Nathan have. It's like prophetically spoken, you know, even this week to myself and Jen, we have been bombarded by prophetic words, literally, like bang, for 24 hours, we were, Jen was probably given 10 different prophetic words. We don't get that every day, every week. That is really unusual. In fact, it's probably the most we've been given for 10 years since the last time we moved here. Why did we need that kind of level of 
direction because the Lord was asking us to come here to do something crazy and we needed the courage of the Lord. It was like, actually, we want you to move cities three and a half hours away to a people that you don't know, to something that, you know, you don't know anybody in Cardiff, but the Lord has spoken. And we were like, okay, that was a courage moment. We needed prophetic confirmation. In the same way, suddenly the Lord is stirring something in us that we'll, we'll unpack over the next year, but this is the next bit. And he's prophetically spoken and said, I'm giving you a clear assignment from the Lord. This is it. You're going to need my courage. You do not know how to do this. I'm like, no, I've got no idea how to do this. Get on your knees, start praying, seek the Lord fast. Generally, that, that's what happens next. The Lord speaks and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm sure that's what Ruth and Nathan went through. You know, when the Lord, it's like they were seeking the Lord. If we are going to change our life, if we're going to move our kids, if we're going to move to a, you, you better be in this. <laughs> no, but you know, it's like, we just need to know that we're confident that that's what the Lord said. And so they did. So that's the first thing. Clear assignment. The second one is courage from heaven rests upon the assurance of God's presence. I love what it says in verse five. It says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. I'm going to be with you, Joshua. I'm going to be with you in this. I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not going to turn up in. I will be with you. It will probably not look like what you think it will look like. That's generally my experience of... <laughs> it generally doesn't look like what we think it's going to look like. But the Lord is faithful. The Lord... We press into what he said. And he is absolutely with us. And what, how do we know he's with us? Because he sends us presence with us. That's the thing that sustains us. Whether it... Whether the world looks at it and goes, it's successful or not, it's about whether the presence of God is with us. And if the presence of God is with us, it doesn't really matter. It's like, Lord, you called me to do this. It's not about outward looking success. It's about knowing. Do you know what? The Christian life is all about obedience. It's all about just stepping after what the Lord says. That's what a faithful disciple looks like. It's just, I'm doing what Jesus asked me to do and I'm confident in that. And I can stand in that. And I can sit there and go, God, let your presence be in me, with me. Oh, wow, Lord, I know that you're in this. Do you know what? Actually, when the Lord calls us into something, he says, be courageous. It's because he's asking you to do something difficult. He's asking you to stand for something. Everybody that is extending, you know, pushing into extending the kingdom everywhere in every way, you know, some of the words that Ruth and Nath use. It's like, if you're going to stand and press into something, generally it's going to be difficult and you're going to need courage and you're going to have to go back and be like Lord you're going to have to fill me again Lord I need your presence again I need you to sustain me I need your hand to be over me so that's what's going on in that, in that second bit and then courage from heaven is anchored by the word of God that's just the last thing is that the, these are just amazing be strong and very courageous be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go keep this book of the law always on your lips meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful what does success look like? it looks like following what it says in the book it's completely different then you'll be prosperous and successful. If you meditate on the Lord's purposes day by day, what happens is it begins to shape you. It says meditate day and night. That's a real challenge for us, isn't it, in our culture? Suddenly it's like, well, I meditated on it on Sunday for an hour and a half. 
It's like, no, it's saying meditate on it day and night. It's saying, I want you to be shaped by these words. And as you start reading about these stories of courage and of faith and the values that the Lord wants to instill, suddenly it's just the overflow. It's like, I'm shaped by the scriptures. I'm meditating on the scriptures. Do you know what? I'm going to make one last point. Meditating on the scriptures is different to reading the scriptures. Let me tell you the difference. Meditating means to be ruminating. It's almost like we sit in it. For so many of us, what happens is we read the scripture and we're like, I've read it, tick. Do you know what? It means to wrestle with scripture. It means to sit with God and be like, what does this mean? What does it look like when I'm meditate on the, the you know, these, these two verses here that I've just looked at, to meditate on those verses. Do you know what? If we genuinely got that into our souls, it would completely change our life, wouldn't it? Because it would, everything would come out of it. That every decision, you know, what should I do in this situation? Do you know what? Read the scriptures. 90% of it will tell you exactly what you need to do because it's in the book and then when the Lord has something specific for you he's like bang off you go that's enough from me I want to commission these guys I want to bless them I want us to bless them I want us to be we are blessed there's this phrase we are blessed to be a blessing the Lord pours himself in to us to bless others to give our lives away they're giving their lives away I'm so excited about that. I could not be more proud of them for following the Lord's call on their life. I could not be more inspired by what they're doing. I know most of you are not called to plant churches. You know, that's just the reality. But you are called to some significant things. Absolutely. It looks different for each one of us. But the Lord, for some, some of you, it's like, actually, the thing that you're doing, you might have a, a job in some kind of environment, but you're not actually serving Jesus in that job. You know, you, you haven't let the visions and values shape that workplace. You're like, well, I'm doing this for Jesus. Are you doing it for Jesus? Is everything coming out of this overflow of the Spirit? And if it's not, then there's a challenge in that. So guys, why don't you come and join me? I want to commission you. What they're going to do is they're going to just stand here and I've got a little commissioning. So formal. And then I'm going to ask um, Alice and Matt and Jen just to come and pray over them um, just as we finish. Ruth and Nathan, we have seen the way that the Lord has led you as you've spent many years here at Cardiff Vineyard. We have seen your dedication to serving the Lord as you've taken part in so many areas of church life as volunteers, as staff members. We have been the recipients of great blessing because of the tireless effort that you have invested here. We recognise that the Lord has called you to move on and we wish you every blessing as you take this step of obedience and faith. We commission you to go to Falmouth, to the people God has intentions for you to minister to. Go in the knowledge that what God has called you to do, he will be faithful in enabling to happen. His love for the people of Falmouth and Cornwall far exceeds yours. And I believe he is well pleased with you both for your willingness to go. In Matthew 28, Jesus said to his followers, go into the world and make disciples. Go to every people group, 
every place that I lead you. Go to the particular people I've called you to and make disciples. Preach the gospel, not just with words, but with every action, every conversation, every waking moment. Be ambassadors for Christ Jesus, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you to do. Whether those who come to you are already believers or are prodigals or don't yet know Jesus, the task is the same, to teach them to obey all that Jesus commanded his disciples to do. Equip the saints for service, release people to use their gifts for the extending of God's kingdom. Lead them as under shepherds of your portion of the flock of God and always be mindful of the incredible privilege entrusted to you, the flock he purchased with his own blood. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. The great thing about what you're doing and going to plant and to lead this new church is that it is his mission you are participating in. As you come in submission to his mission, he gives you a commission. He is about his work and we get to join in. As long as we're doing what he calls us to do, we can rest in the assurance that he's with us every step of the way. As David said to his son Solomon as he commissioned him to begin the daunting task of building the first temple, we can parallel his words here as you go to build this church. He said this, and I think there's a theme running through, be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. Be strong and courageous and do the work. There will be challenging times ahead, but never forget this. From 1 Thessalonians 5.24, Paul writes this, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Why don't we pray for them?